Hormonal contraception isn't right for everyone, but it works well for a lot of people. On today's episode, Hannah chats to Amy and Alex, who both use Marina for their baby prevention purposes. It's a device that is inserted into the uterus where it releases a hormone to prevent pregnancy. It's becoming more popular both here and overseas, and it's not just for women who have had babies. Most people can use it. Hi guys, my name is Hannah. I'm a doctor and I have a particular interest in contraception, reproductive rights and comprehensive sexual health education. Today on the show, we're talking about the hormonal IUD, which has a few variations and brand names worldwide, such as Marina, Kylina, Laletta, Jadis and Skylar. There are subtle differences between all these different devices. So today we're going to be focusing more on the Marina and that's because it's the only hormonal IUD that's available to us here in Australia. Now the Marina, it's a Y or T-shaped device that sits inside the uterus for up to five years to prevent pregnancy. It contains an odorless white powder called levonorgestrel, which is a type of progesterone. So it falls into that group of progesterone only contraceptives. There's no estrogen in it. The device has an outer membrane and it allows the hormone to be released slowly over a long period of time. The way that the marina works is by thickening the mucus of the cervix so sperm can't get through, but it also thins the lining of the uterus and some people actually stop ovulating, particularly in the early months of use, but this is not what we kind of rely on for the contraceptive effect. So I've got two guests joining me today on the show to share a bit about their experience with Marina. So welcome, Amy and Alex. Hi. Hello. <laughs> thank you for being here. And you guys have both travelled like an hour each, so thank you. I appreciate it. All right. <laughs> now, Amy, I might start with you because I've known you for a long time, many, many years. Yeah. Know each other very well. <laughs> <laughs> True. Can you tell the listeners a bit about yourself? who you are, what you do. My name's Amy. <laughs> I'm 28. I Great age. <laughs> thanks. I um, have had a marina for like five years. I don't know if we're up to that bit already. I work as a doctor, but very, very, very far from sexual health. So I'm a bit of a pleb when it comes to that sort of thing. <laughs> um, I very much feel like a patient rather than a professional in this. Got you. <laughs> yeah. Is that enough information? Do you want to know my credit card? stuff yeah what's your <laughs> home address yeah phone number yeah um, pin codes <laughs> um and alex i've only obviously just met you in the last 10 minutes or so so yeah. can you tell the listeners and me something about yourself yep so i'm gonna follow amy's suit <laughs> um so hey guys my name is alex um i am 21 and i'm in my final year studying physiotherapy and i've had marina for a year and a half and just like a quick disclaimer these guys are here, obviously, to share their personal experience with Marina. So we're not saying that whatever, if they've had a good experience or a bad experience, it doesn't necessarily reflect the experience that everyone has had. So it's purely just to get an idea of what they've experienced. So, Marina, mm. Alex, you've had it for a year and a half. Yeah. Amy, how long did you say you've had it all up? It's like five years because I got it replaced or like changed this year. Okay. So I've had, so I'm on my second round. Round number two. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. My second turn. I'm interested in this too then. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> You'll know what's coming. Yeah. <laughs> the story of how I got the second one's really embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. We will get to that. <laughs> so had you guys used different types of contraception before you decided to use the marina? I used the, just the pill for okay. 
I don't know how long. I think it was from I was like 15 to 22 I got my first one. Okay. 23, so for good for a good while. Yeah. And did you want to change because the pill was doing horrible things to you or you just wanted something that you didn't have to remember to take all the time? Um, partly. Partly because I I think my GP changed my pill because I was getting weird spotting and then my skin went weird and I felt like I was getting lots of um, this is all very technical. <laughs> I felt like I was getting a lot of systemic symptoms from the hormones. And then also, cause at the time I was trying to figure out like why I had such bad IBS symptoms as well. And I actually was like genuinely concerned that I wasn't absorbing any ah. tablets that I took. So I was kind of like, I don't really want hormones all through my body. Cause I think it's doing weird things to my face. Gotcha. And I also don't really know how reliable it is yeah and i actually we we had just done our ong term as medical students together <laughs> and everybody who are like all of the consultants that we worked with were like marinas are amazing everyone should have them even like young people who haven't had babies and i was like all right that sounds pretty good <laughs> done so yeah sold good i'll sign, sign me up so yeah. that's why i decided to get it in the first place it's a bit awkward then because i had to find a gynecologist to put it in i just met them all <laughs> Just been working with them all for two <laughs> months. Just, yeah. yeah. But you found someone new to town, didn't you? Yeah, I did. didn't. <laughs> yeah, what about you, Alex? Had you used other types of contraception before the marina? Um, I had used a pill before, but only for like a really short period of time when I was like going away and for like really basic contraception, but nothing long term. Like yeah. I was kind of at the point here where I was picking between all my options and it was either going to be like the pill or this. But I didn't really want to really go on the pill. So yeah. not really. That Before I got this, it was all the options were open to me. Yeah. And I had to make that choice. And how did you guys kind of work out what all your options were? And did you just have a GP that kind of explained that to you? Obviously, Amy. I spent eight weeks. <laughs> True. <laughs> um, was it like online Googling? Yes, 100%. You? Yeah. Lots of online Googling um, yeah. to the point of like, I should have stopped. Yeah. So I pretty much heard about everyone's horror stories and yeah. good things, bad things. I like to make a very informed decision. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it took me a while to decide, but I felt like even with all the bad stories I read, I was like, oh, well, I'm just going to yeah. jump in and see. <laughs> it's a risk I'm Like I said, like all of, all of our bodies are going to react different to everything. So yeah. what we say might not happen to you or it might. Like, yeah. I sure. think it's one of those things where you don't know. Yeah. I think that's quite cool though because I think when I was that age, I don't think if I hadn't mm. done like medicine that I would have really known that it was an option. So it's kind of mm. cool because that's like a couple of years later now. You're the same age that I was roughly. Yeah. But it's sort of – I think it's more out there now. Like yeah. more people have it as a sort of first-line contraception. Whereas when I was like 15 or whatever, everyone was just like the, the pill, that's all. Yeah. I didn't know about anything else except the pill. Well, I think like – a lot of my friends mostly also still on the pill. Yeah. Um, mm. I think it's also just like the easier option. Like you don't have to <laughs> do as much research. It's, yeah. You're not putting it, it's not, not like a foreign object in your body. <laughs> yeah. And, and everyone knows someone that's been everyone, on the pill. Yeah. yeah like I, didn't, I knew no one. I think yeah. I spoke to my mum about it and she goes, oh, I've got like two friends that have got it. Like, are you sure you can get it? You know, they're like mm. my age in their 50s. Like, yeah. yeah. So I didn't know anyone my age who oh, okay. um, had one before yeah. I got it. But I was kind of like, oh, well, I'll take one for the team. And yeah. <laughs> Do some market research. Yeah, yeah. Put my body on the line. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a shame actually because I think there's still a lot of misconception out there that you have to have had babies mm, to have a babies. marina or any type of IUD inserted. And it's just not true. So yeah. you guys are both obviously I definitely good heard examples. that from people. 
yeah. before getting one. Yeah. And in Australia, I did a post on this on my Instagram page actually about the Dalcon Shield, which was like this really old school IUD that had really horrendous side effects and people died from it and stuff and so I feel like a lot of people around my mum's age group that's what they remember when you talk about IUDs and so there's this like kind of sense of fear associated with it too but we we know the newer IUDs are obviously much much safer Mm. why did you guys kind of decide that Marina sounded like a good option like what appealed to you about it I think I I went I remember being like I don't want any hormones that must have been the thing that I was the most Mm. Uh, stressed about or stressed by because I was like can I have a copper IUD and they were like no (laughs) that's probably not the best option because I "I just don't want anything I just feel like my whole body's getting messed around by changing the pill every couple of months to find one that works so it was suggested instead of that yeah and that's a really common thing like people often come to my clinic and they're like I want contraception but I don't want any hormones yeah obviously Marina does have hormone in it but because it's in the uterus and it's acting locally rather than as you were talking about Amy before with the pill you kind of absorb it through your GI like your gastrointestinal tract and you you know passes through the liver and it therefore carries all these other potential side effects yeah affects your whole body yeah Mm. like the marina is a bit better from that point of view because it's actually acting locally and it doesn't go through you know your whole body in that same way what about you Alex what appealed to you about yeah I think that point that you guys um, brought up how it acts locally that appealed to me a fair bit like I don't think any others really do that even the rod and all that goes all through your blood and everything I think this one it's like right at the target area yeah like that's the area <laughs> it's targeting so it makes sense yeah that that's like a better option and I wasn't so much concerned about the hormones I mean I hadn't been a long-term pill user so I didn't really get to have those problems but um more the fact that I didn't have to take something every day and at the same time and if I was going away I didn't have to remember it forget it and I just Mm. knew that I was 100% like protected yeah at all times and I another thing for me that I liked was the strings that you can actually check yeah it's a little bit of like security that okay it's still in place and (laughs) it's still doing its job (laughs) yeah yeah that's good so just I guess for the listeners benefit some of the other advantages about the marina are that it's one of the most reliable types of contraception so it's quoted as being about 99.8 percent effective with typical use so we always look at how effective it is in theory versus how it is how effective it is in reality and obviously because there's not much human not much room for human error with the marina because it's just sitting there and you don't have to do anything for five years there's you know not going to be a lot of difference between those two so it's super super reliable Uh, lots of people like that it's long acting so it can last five years or maybe even six years if you're over 45 it tends to be quite a cheap option so how much did you guys pay for your IUDs I think the actual thing cost about $30 yeah yeah same as me and then $39 on the PBS yeah yeah and then the insertion is just whatever the person charges where you go I guess I had a gynecologist put them in both times not just because that was the easiest way to do it but I think yeah, my, my insertion was free because I was a uni student. I um didn't really quite realise that. I rocked nice. up to get it put in, expecting to pay something. And then, like, at the end, she mm. was like, okay, like, you can leave. Yeah. 
wait what Amazing. do I have to like do anything yeah that's all. Awesome. <laughs> like, no just leave yeah okay. I, I will it's like <laughs> the least barriers we have in place for particularly young women uni students who don't have a lot of cash you know the better because obviously that's going to be a barrier to people using contraception and then promotes getting it in yeah at a younger age and an well. unplanned pregnancy is always going to be more expensive than yeah any and type like of taking the pill for however long is depending on which one you take still is going to be yeah. more expensive yeah for that many you years. do have to pick it up from the or from the chemist from the fu- chemist like a, yeah a, a box <laughs> that's too long for all of the bags you're like oh yeah. my gosh is, has. This going, <laughs> is this going inside of me yeah that's <laughs> funny you mentioned that because everyone comes in there like i did not realize this is what i was getting myself in for but just to clarify that's because it comes with an applicator to go to put the device actually inside did the you virus. open it no <laughs> no i'd seen them before so i knew how yeah it's true. The size i was yeah. like i need to see this <laughs> my main issue was that like the box just was just it's so awkward to leave the thing and i know it's not a big deal to leave the chemist with you know whatever but i was still like this just feels like something i should be hiding yeah <laughs> like, yeah i felt yeah. the same something i shouldn't be just like <laughs> yeah so that's kind of crazy. So you've only paid for the device, not the insertion or anything yeah, else. So just the $40 30, yeah. over five years. Yeah. So less than mm. 10 bucks a year. Mm-hmm. That's, that's so good. really, yeah, really cost effective, I would say. I would just mention if you don't have Medicare, it is more expensive. So I think it's about 200 bucks if you don't have a Medicare card because you can't access the PBS medications. Um, and then obviously, as Amy mentioned, if you see depending on who you see there can be other costs associated i guess if you had it like with sedation as well it'd probably be more expensive yeah, it yeah it like neither of us did that so yeah yeah and we we're going to come to that later but we may as well talk about it now so you guys were both awake when you had it inserted is that right awake yeah yeah how how was that <laughs> um yeah it was fine um uh, i feel like i have a fairly high pain threshold but um i had like local anesthetic around the cervix area Yep. And it just felt like a really intense uh, period cramp. Mm. I, I didn't. I don't get put off by things like that. So I was happy to be awake and sitting. Yeah. I, was, I was like, can I sit up a little bit? <laughs> and it was just yeah. The GP put mine in at, from family planning and an assistant. And yeah, it was really quick, quicker than I thought. Yeah. Okay. I don't have a high pain threshold. <laughs> I was a bit stressed about it, um, but I. <laughs> The idea of having to have sedation and then like not be able to drive would just seem like too much faff. So I was like, yeah. well, if they say it's fine, it will probably be fine. And it's just kind of like having a really long pap smear. Like not yeah. like, like pap smear is quick. It still only takes a couple of minutes. Yeah. Um, and I actually remember being like, oh, I thought it was going to be much worse than this. Yeah. It wasn't It wasn't. It'd been hyped up from my research. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, before. they're putting local anesthetic in my service. It's going to be horrible. And it, it was. <laughs> it just kind of felt like when they stab you with a little brush. Yeah, so yeah, okay. yeah. Did um, you? So you drove home? Yeah, because I remember they recommended me not to drive home. But oh, okay. I I, I drove yeah, home. I drove home both times. <laughs> yeah, me too. I, d- <laughs> I love that you were like, thanks for that advice, but no. no. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I also got like afterwards. I didn't really think about the fact that you would bleed, <laughs> so I had to use the like giant surfboard pads yeah. that yeah. they had the thing because I hadn't thought about it and brought anything. They provide that. Yeah, but I just, like, didn't even occur to me that that might happen. It was probably, in retrospect, a bit <laughs> naive. But, yeah, I that was probably the worst bit, the cramps afterwards. The and cramps. that's only well, still, like, half a day. I think I had delayed cramps because I was, like, after it, they made me sit and have a juice. You know, like, like for, for fainting reasons, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Like, you'd given blood or something. Yeah, and I was, like, oh, I feel fine. Like, I'll just leave. I'm ready to go. I feel good. Yeah. And then, like, 
I was sitting in my car. I had like half an hour drive home and I was like, oh no, yeah. <laughs> it's coming on. Yeah. I was like crouched over just driving home. And then, yeah, probably that whole day was pretty bad cramps. But yeah. I think um, the second time when I had it changed this year, I went after work and that was much smarter than the first time where I had to go to a class afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> That's no. not a good. I would do it at the end of the day, or like don't don't do it go. When you've got a, nothing on. Yeah, I go yeah. on a day off. Yeah, because it's not awful. It's just like having a bad period, but it's like you don't really feel like getting no, stuff done. You just feel like sitting. Yeah, crouching. Yeah, and sometimes so the doctors sometimes say come in when you have your period because your cervix will naturally be a bit open. Then oh. do, did that happen for you guys? No. Or, um, yeah, mine said like. It was too unpredictable with like appointments and stuff yeah. and just annoying for everyone. And yeah. but she did she did warn me that <laughs> there might be a chance that it wouldn't work. Right. Like yeah. if she couldn't get it to like dilate oh, it right. a little bit, um, that it wouldn't go ahead. Yeah. Um, but obviously there was no problems. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess just going back to that point of sedation versus no sedation, obviously if you're not super awake, you're not gonna feel a lot of discomfort. But even for people who have no sedation, so both of you guys, they find that about fifty percent of women experience little or no pain during the procedure. But obviously the other fifty percent there might be some pain or some people will have quite significant pain. So there's a lot of variability, but in general it's, you know, pretty well tolerated. Um, there are some situations where as Alex, you mentioned, if they can't put the device in, sometimes they will say, come back when you have your period, or they might say, it's probably worthwhile just trying this with some sedation. So sometimes it can take a few goes, but in general, (laughs) there's not usually that many issues. Okay. So Alex, you had it inserted by a GP in a family planning practice. And Amy, you Mm. had both of yours done with a gynecologist. Yeah, different ones, but yeah. Um, and they were private gynecologists. Um, I think the first one was, and the second one was, um, I guess it was private, yeah, but it was just in a GP clinic and the the gynecologist goes like one Friday a month or something. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah. So just so people are aware of what their options are, so you can just go to some normal GP practices. You can see a private gynecologist, family planning clinic. There are some publicly funded sexual health clinics or women's health clinics that will do it, Um, but you can also be referred to a public um, hospital because they often have gynecology clinics there too, and that's obviously a cheaper option but usually a longer waiting time. Well, I know for me, getting it done through the GP, I saw my GP for like, because obviously you need a pre and like a post appointment. So I saw my GP through her actual GP clinic, so outside of family planning. Um, and then I actually only went to family planning for the procedure. And apparently that cuts down wait times a lot because she's obviously yeah. only in the clinic for like half a day or one day a week. So if you're booking all your appointments through family planning, it yeah. takes a lot longer. Yeah. And the reason I'm pretty sure the reason I just did it with a GP was just because I wanted it done quick. Yeah. I wanted to get it get it done. <laughs> get it get, sorted. Get, 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 you seem get like a very efficient person. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you guys have any complications either during the procedure or afterwards? No. <laughs> no, nothing no. that I feel like was abnormal. Yeah, okay. Yeah, no. the, as soon as like the next day I had no spotting for probably the first like two weeks after the procedure i had no i spotted the day and then i stopped spotting for two weeks i was like oh cool i'm one of the lucky ones <laughs> but there's more yeah we'll come to bleeding <laughs> yeah. in a minute i remember they made me do i had to do an ultrasound like a month or two mm. later or something to check that it was in the right spot okay and that but there were no complications then and then the second time she said come back in a couple of months and i said off oh, for an ultrasound she was like nah just to check in yeah um, it's certainly but, not universal to need a, an ultrasound after, but some yeah. doctors request it on everyone. I've so. had like two since mine's been in. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. Did either of you guys feel like 
faint or lightheaded or anything like that when it was going in. I was lying down. Yeah. <laughs> not really. I don't, I'm not really a faint type. Yeah. I don't really faint though. I've, I don't think I've ever fainted. So yeah, we're not the best person to ask. Some people that are a bit like fainty. That's actually the medical term. term. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Sometimes they won't do them in like a GP practice or oh, something no. if you're really predisposed to fainting yeah. episodes because obviously that freaks everyone out but there's also something called cervical shock which sometimes some people get if your cervix is being manipulated in a medical procedure you can drop your blood pressure and get very lightheaded and faint so and that's obviously quite serious so mm. they kind of pick and choose a little bit where they do some cases so it's just really important I guess to be upfront about any mm. if you're a medical kind of person yeah. <laughs> Are you fainty? That's the first question on the tick box. Well, it must be kind of common because, I mean, they gave me, like, they're like, you need to drink this juice. Yeah. Yeah, and if they told you not to drive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, mum's picking me up. <laughs> yeah, no Bye. worries. Bye. <laughs> um, no, but I didn't feel fainty. It was more just like a intense pain that I kind of just wanted to, like, sit down. Yeah, okay. But nothing extreme. Um, again, just for listener benefit, if anyone's considering getting an IUD, there are some complications that the doctor will always warn you about um, and one of those is perforation of the uterus so that's when the device actually <laughs> goes well kind of perforates the actual uterus um, it's quite rare only about two in every 1000 insertions but it's much higher so six times higher in people that are breastfeeding and three times higher if you're within the 36 weeks after having a baby it's not impossible to have it under those situations, but you've just, I guess, got to be aware of the higher risk of that happening. Obviously, you guys didn't have that experience. Not so far. <laughs> and again, it's much more likely to happen in the early days, so you're probably in the clear at this point. Cool, thanks. Good. <laughs> um, another- I consider this my follow-up appointment. <laughs> I'll bill you at the end. <laughs> Makes rates, please. <laughs> um, another complication we always warn people about is the Obviously, any procedure carries the risk of infection. And with insertion of Marina, the risk of that is highest in the first 20 days after it goes in. And it's less than one in 300 insertions. And then after that first kind of couple of weeks, the risk of getting a pelvic infection seems to return to the same as it would for anyone else. So, yeah. And then another risk that people need to be warned about is expulsion, which is when the uterus kind of cramps enough that it... (laughs) The, oh, the I IUD comes out. I remember that. Yeah. That would suck because yeah. a lot of effort. Yeah. yeah. And it's, no. <laughs> it's actually not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it's, what I was thinking actually, like now that I've gone through all this process to get it in, like please nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> Just work. Yeah. The risk, I guess, of expulsion is actually not that insignificant. It's quoted as about 5% overall. But again, the risk is highest in the first year of use and it's more likely to happen when you're bleeding. So this is why it's really, really important to check the string. So after it's been inserted, you can actually insert your finger into the vagina and you can feel the two little strings there. Do you guys do that? Yeah. How often? Oh, uh, like maybe one, like once a week. Oh, that's very frequent. Oh. That's good. Not that Well done. <laughs> yeah. um, not that frequent. I mean... <laughs> you surprised to do it i don't know oh, like, i think they say once a month oh, oh okay got okay. that out of the recording yeah. <laughs> you can relax <laughs> Alex. Is- <laughs> um i just get nervous because like no that's fair i sometimes still use like tampons and stuff so yeah. i just like to check that everything's okay i definitely did it more regularly at the start and now i forget that I, it 
I yeah. even have to do that. But I guess I guess it's probably every couple of months more than yeah yeah. <laughs> NBD. Yeah. yeah, I'll put an alarm in my phone. <laughs> Interestingly, they do find that the rate of expulsion is higher in younger women who get a marina put in, so 14 to 19-year-olds. Oh, okay. And I'm not really sure why that is, but obviously their uterus is like, there should not be anything <laughs> in here. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, one of the most common reasons that the marina is taken out early is because of bleeding problems. What did you guys, like, what's happened with your periods since you've had the marina inserted? The first couple of months, I think it was a bit all over the shot. I'd had like pretty regular periods before then. I've never had real issues with that. And then I had about three years where I had nothing and that was very blissful. Um, and I, the probably like last 12 months or 18 months or so, I started kind of initially just getting random spotting. It's not like proper bleeding though, because it's, mm. it's not an act like it, it's even when you get spotting, it's still really, really light. And I would had kind of thought that when I, had it changed then it would go back to not having any period again um, mm. but it's kind of just stayed the same sort of it's relatively regular like monthly sort of a couple sort of systemic symptoms like get a bit bloated feel a bit yeah angry um yeah. eat chocolate and then like have half a day where it's like a little bit it's not it's not even really worth putting a tampon in it's yeah kind of, and interesting you mentioned those other like kind of pms types yeah because <laughs> <laughs> because it's acting locally, it's not kind of changing the whole hormone access that yeah. involves your brain and everything. Um, and you're still, for most people with Marina, most people are still ovulating. So you can still get all those other side of, well, I guess, complaints that go along with a normal cycle. I feel like they're not as bad because I, I think one of the other things with the pill is I get really bad headaches when I have my period and I don't find that as as bad now yeah it's certainly not the same as having an actual period it's kind of like a dulled down version of everything to do with it yeah and what about you Alex what's your bleeding been like um yeah before I got the marina I had like very fine periods or uh, regular and no real symptoms but yeah since I got it like I said I didn't bleed probably for like two weeks after the insertion and then it was on and off like spotting for probably (laughs) six months or so Mm. not enough that you had to like use anything or not like very fresh like blood either just random stuff yeah. <laughs> i'll just say like make like black undies your friend <laughs> <laughs> for like a decent period of time yeah, um, i recently bought those ones that have like <laughs> like that are meant to pr- be pads instead do, do they work oh yeah but they're kind period of like, undies yeah 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 because yeah. i was like i'm using too many pants <laughs> for the environment um and uh, they're pretty good because it's just kind of like an extra layer of black undies yeah <laughs> yeah well yeah i don't like i don't like using pads so i just kind of yeah, like just pad, wore yeah. black yeah. undies and it, it worked yeah. if it was like a little bit heavy i would just use a tampon but yeah. um yeah the first like six months of spotting didn't really have like a regular period but now i probably get a regular period like once a month or once every like two months okay and it's not as heavy as usual as like my period was before yeah um and it maybe lasts for like five days okay Mm. but there's i get yeah like you said i get still get the pre-period symptoms yeah like a bit grumpy and yeah. all that but nothing yeah. i haven't had i noticed there was like side effects a lot of people a lot of women complained about like weight gain 
and appetite changes and I haven't noticed anything like that yeah with it yeah yeah just I think you just have to like if you're gonna get one you have to be willing to give it like a solid eight months even a year like you have to don't Mm. say oh I'm just gonna get it out after three months because that's just a waste of everyone's time yeah and I guess (laughs) within that first three to five months you're still definitely in that time frame where we expect you to have kind of annoying bleeding so it's not even like it's really a side effect like I guess it is it's, but we it's an expectation that that's yeah. going to happen so if you've been counseled appropriately before you have the marina in it shouldn't come as a shock to you that you know you have light light but irregular bleeding in that time frame someone actually wrote in a question saying when will I stop spotting I'm staining all my clothes I have nothing left to wear by, by period undies <laughs> yeah <laughs> period undies that's the advice so yeah. um but yeah I guess just knowing that that is expected is helpful I guess just a comment on the bleeding side effects of marina periods in general do tend to be lighter and shorter and for that reason because if you think about how I mentioned how it works before it's actually thinning the lining of the uterus so it makes sense that eventually when it's thinned out there's not going to be as much there to bleed and about 65% of users will have very light or no bleeding after the first year of use. For people that do have kind of that persistent irregularity to the bleeding with the marina there are sometimes medications like tablet medications that you can use for a short period of time to see if that helps regulate things and then try coming off it to see if it's settled down on its own so yeah I guess I use that for a short brief period because I was getting annoyed yeah (laughs) it was really annoying (laughs) yeah but um yeah and I think I don't know it helped maybe my body just got into a bit of a cycle but yeah, not having periods at all was probably the best <laughs> bit, mm-hmm. but having like very light periods is, is not annoying enough to make any, to, to be yeah. like, no, this is not. I quite like it. Still getting like a. To know you're not period. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's working. <laughs> yes, I actually yeah, yeah. do. It's yeah. like how you have to, when you take the pill and then you have one every now and then just to prove to yourself <laughs> that you're not pregnant. <laughs> it's true. And so Alex, you said you didn't really experience any other side effects with it at all. Is that no no what about really? you amy i don't think so Any problems no some people worry about skin stuff was that an issue for anyone my skin already went bad on the pill and yeah. changing the pill and having the myrena didn't really make any difference i had to do other stuff yeah like dermatological stuff for my skin rather than hormonal stuff yeah i would get some cramps like every now and then like in just a lower like belly region but yeah. <laughs> nothing crazy nothing that makes it not worth it sometimes i would get like quite intense ones yeah and Mm. i'll just like take some nurofen and wish it away yeah and i guess on that because again you guys it sounds like you've both have had quite positive experiences with marina there are obviously people out there that have significant side effects and for any number of reasons might want it taken out earlier and it's not always because of the bleeding so um some people might find that they have kind of more persistent cramping pain or that it's less tolerable that is in the minority of cases um but i guess at the end of the day if particularly if you notice a change in your symptoms there are you know you can dislodge a marina it can move so it's definitely worth just seeing your gp to look into that and don't just be like oh i guess i'm resigned to having chronic pelvic pain now with this iud like (laughs) have it looked into would you guys get a marina again yeah, I did. You got one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but, but I was really stupid about it because, <laughs> because I went to the – I was sort of like, oh, it's like it's, it's due. 
Um, and I, like I said, I'd sort of started having periods again for like 12, 18 months that were light. And I was like, oh, you know, it's time to think about something else to replace it. And I went to the GP and I was like, I don't really know, like, I probably want to have children within five years. So I don't know if there's much point in getting another mm. Mirena. Should I just go on the pill instead? And she was like, yeah, sure. I write you a script for the pill. So she, she was like, take it at the same time as having Mirena. So I did that for a month and I felt so crap like my boobs hurt the whole time and I had cramping and I was like this is horrible is this my life exactly like you say I was just like this is my life now yeah and then I went to the a different GP to take it out she's like why don't you just get another one and then if you want to have it no everyone else has said this to me since they're like why don't you just take it out when you want to have a baby and I was like why didn't I think of that I did not think of that I just was like oh well I guess you know I don't know I like I said I just don't really think of it as a um, in any professional setting. So I was just like, oh, well, I guess I'll just go on the pill. And actually, no, it was so much better. I stopped taking that after like paying for like nine months of it. Yeah. And then <laughs> I, I just got it replaced and it was much, much better. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Yeah, it was, and they do it all in one. Take it out. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. apparently taking it out is like, no, no, not a big deal at all. Just like having a pap smear. And then it was basically just the same process as when they put it in the first time. Yeah. Less bleeding because I didn't have much uterine wool to yeah. <laughs> bleed. Yeah. So it was really straightforward. Less bleeding. Probably the same amount of cramping. And it just went on with my day. Nice. Yes. Mm. I, would, I would also get another one. Yeah. Probably when this one finishes. Yeah. It's out. Expires. Four yeah. and a half years or do you hit the five year mark? I I was like had it in my calendar and I was like I know that I'm not very good at doing things before the due like you know you forget yeah. to do life admin things. I was like I'm gonna do this six months beforehand yeah. because it's gonna take me six months to organise <laughs> myself to do it. Um mm-hmm. so I I think I did it maybe four months Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I would say I would get another one unless something happens between now and then. Yeah. yeah. And I guess just to mention, it's not like it's super unsafe for it. You know, you don't get to five years in one day and then yeah. all of a sudden it's really yeah. unsafe. It's yeah. more just like you can't really rely on it for its contraceptive effect past that five years. There is actually some discussion about extending its use because there is good evidence that it might carry a contraceptive effect for longer. But currently it's yeah basically not in, approved in Australia for extended use past five years unless you're over the age of 45. And I think the other thing I hadn't really thought about was the return to fertility time afterwards. I just hadn't really given it any thought, but mm-hmm. I guess it's it's a relatively straightforward process because that's kind of my main concern about the next, the next yeah. the, this second. I've read it's go. very quick with yeah. the Marina. Yeah. 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 Alex has done more research yeah. <laughs> Watch out. than I have. Which one of you is the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> So we might just talk through some questions that have been sent in via Instagram now. And I love whoever's written in this question because they type the way that I type. (laughs) She said, men can't honestly damn feel it, right? Like, I know they can't, but you just hear so many men saying, yeah, I felt that shit, lol. Like, bro, and this this is all in like caps and lowercase, like alternating. Like, bro, you're not up in the uterus. And then eye roll emoji. So I just feel her frustration. Does she have one? I feel like that que- that question is kind of annoys me a little bit. Just yeah. because, like, no, he's not up in the uterus, but she would know that the strings come out of the uterus. Yeah. So they're so not feeling the 
they're not feeling the plastic they're feeling the string exactly so that yeah. question kind of annoys me maybe yeah. she doesn't have one and she's not quite sure yeah yeah and i think that's maybe the case but i guess yeah in theory there is the potential that your partner could feel it during sex and we i mean the general consensus is that the shorter the strings are the more likely that is because it's kind of like it like wraps around it's not like it's sticking out like a, yeah. a pole to yeah. hit it and it's kind of like you know, when you shave your legs and when they first start growing back, they look like really spiky yeah. and therefore more rough. I think about it the same way. Like if you the hair on your, this is probably no, not that helpful, but no if the hair on your legs is longer, it doesn't have that like spiky yeah. Yeah, yeah. feel. And it's the same thing. So that's why they cut it like a few centimeters long. So hopefully that is avoided. I have something to add. I, it, like, yes, it have Well, yes, initially we had that problem. Yeah. Like when I first got it, probably for the first couple of months. Okay. I think because when you first get it in, you don't have as much like mucus around the um, strings and they're a lot coarser. Mm-hmm. But obviously with condoms, you can't feel it. But I can definitely say that, yes, they can feel it. They're not lying if they say they can feel it because <laughs> I've seen the f- like three <laughs> small dots uh. on the top. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I like, <laughs> I was like, oh. Don't complain, like, it's fine. And I was like, okay, oh, sorry. I've not heard that before. Yeah, so no, yes, they can feel it. If they say they feel it, they probably feel it. But um, within a couple of months, like, they soften, softened. And I think you can, if you try and, like, curl them around a little bit with your finger, if they're yeah, being can. pulled down a little bit, um, that seemed to help. Oh. But with condoms, no, without them. Like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I guess if you can feel it, then you could probably feel the cervix as well. So it, it, you know, yeah, it wouldn't be that different. But not, not now. Yeah, like not, not since like the first three months. Yeah, okay. No problems with That's that. Good to know. And what yeah. about? Can you guys feel your marina inside your body? Nah, no. <laughs> no. I mean, That's superstitious. I yeah. think. Yeah. I think <sighs> if you are concerned, like if you have a marina and you feel like you're aware of it or can feel it you need to be worried about whether or not it's dislodged or moved. Yeah. So see your GP. <laughs> That's not normal and you shouldn't be putting up with that for five years. I did think when I was reading through the questions that were like about, can you feel this? Do you notice this? I was like, I've never thought about any of these things because I literally just don't spend any of my day thinking about the yeah. fact that I have a marina. It's just, <laughs> that's kind of the point yeah. is that I don't have to think about Set it. and forget. Yeah. And I've, yeah, it's just, it's just not something that I yeah. think about. Yeah. And have you guys noticed that it changed your discharge at all? Again, not something that I've really <laughs> thought about. Um, I'd, so I don't think so. Not to any degree that I've noticed. Yeah. yeah. Only initially with like the spotting phase, obviously. Okay. So more like, bleeding rather than. Yeah. Like darker. Yeah. I also don't really how remember. How much detail do you want? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. I was reading the question. I was like, <sighs> discharge is such a gross word. You must say it all the time. <laughs> It's all I ever talk about. It normalizes. Yeah. It like goes back to normal eventually. Yeah. That's actually a very um, evidence-based answer you've given Alex. Cause I was looking into this cause a couple of people asked this question as well. And it actually, so the organism that dominates in the vagina is they're kind of like lactobacilli. And when you have a marina inserted, the dominance of that organism can drop down a bit. Um, but usually after a period of a year or so, it goes back to normal in theory yes there is the potential that your discharge could change it's usually not an issue for most people and you should expect that it will return to normal can you go back and edit out the bit where i said it was a doctor 
<laughs> the next question just says, do I awake in capital letters? I don't know what that means. I asked lots of people. I know. I was like, that was my favorite question. <laughs> I loved it. I was like, I feel like one of my friends sent that question yeah, in. It does sound like it. I um, think she's just saying, should I get sedation or should I be awake? <laughs> yeah, I don't, that was confusing. Yeah, and we've got quite a biased panel, I would say, that yeah. you've both been awake I'd and it was being fine. Awake. So, yeah. Well, I just thought it was easier. Why would you go under? Yeah. 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 Would you go under if you don't need to? Yeah. yeah. And, and like, I think that's it. Some people need to and that's fine. Yeah. But if you can give it a crack while you're awake, why not try it? Yeah. <laughs> Leave that for the backup option. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the next question just says, what if I want to get pregnant? You have to answer that one because I don't know. <laughs> Take it you out. Need, you need to hear this. Yeah. yeah. I would basically say, yeah, there's nothing really groundbreaking here. But so your GP have a pre-pregnancy kind of check workup before you have your marina removed, start on folate and all that kind of stuff, get all your vaccinations. And then when you're ready to actually get pregnant, take it out and start having unprotected sex. How long does it take? It, so the return to fertility is quick with yeah. marina. So you should... Re- you know, establish a normal pattern cycle within cool. weeks to months. It's pretty easy. Yeah. So there's nothing like specific you really need to be aware of. I think that's cool considering you can leave it in for so long. Yeah. yeah. Were there any resources that you found helpful when you were thinking about getting an IUD? Medical, half a medical degree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Nah. Um, <laughs> I'd, I'd, this podcast that's my answer (laughs) i would recommend it to anyone (laughs) thanks amy that's lovely you didn't tell her to say that no (laughs) no not really i think just like don't get one if you you have to be commit to it yeah yeah i will link some um information in the show notes because there are there's lots of information out there but not all of it is reliable so i'll just pop some good websites up in the show notes if you are interested and want to do some further reading So I guess just to summarise, Marina, it's an intrauterine device that secretes a hormone. It's increasing in popularity in Australia. It's highly effective, quickly reversible and very safe. If you have any questions or comments about anything we've chatted about on the show today, please feel free to join our Facebook group. And we also have an Instagram page. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Anne. Thank you. Bye. You to you, you to me, you to us is a podcast for general discussion only. Nothing we talk about should be taken as personal medical advice and it does not substitute information or instructions given to you by your own doctor. If the podcast raises any questions or concerns for you, please see your GP, sexual health or family planning clinic. For general discussion, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook. And please stop trusting strangers on the internet with your health. This podcast is a production of Simo Interactive, home of the My Millennial Money podcast.